0: Okay, so what do we do today?
1: Um, this is what Sorry. Um, sorry. So maybe um, for today, can we just do some uh, writing practice, maybe?
0: You want to do writing practice?
1: Uh, hmm
0: Find something interesting.
1: For I'm getting my scores in approximately about six days or so.
0: And you're going to speak to me once you get that?
1: Uh, hopefully, but I'll probably be in school by then. But yeah. when i come out probably
0: yeah once you're back from school
1: would you say that maybe i'm a 1500 on first try is um good yes i'm like sorry if i'm just like bringing this up it's just that um i'm not saying i feel like i did bad on the test i feel i have like this weird uh paranoia that as the days go by I feel like I did less and less well. It's not really induced because of me thinking I did the questions wrong. It's more of like an intuition feeling, like more like, uh, you know, um, uh, probability chance feeling, not actually based off of whether or not I got the questions right, mainly just based off of like whether or not I feel like I got a good score, if you know what I mean, right?
0: I understand what you're saying. And, you know, um, as the days are coming closer for your results to be out, this, Mm -hmm. um, itty feeling is going to be there and it's going to deepen.
1: Yeah.
0: It's there with everybody. It's not that it's only with you. It can happen with any age group. Anybody who takes an exam. Mm -hmm. There are quite a few people who are like, once they take the exam, they forget about it or they can actually, uh, push it out of the head. But you can't. Okay. So what is going to happen is you're going to keep finding, keep, Uh, plunging in to bring out some more mistakes or keep feeling that okay that was also a mistake that I did a lot of all that
1: Mm mhm
0: I have the Princeton book with me Mm mhm was thinking of doing something of that. No, actually, I found something else for you for today. I was actually wanting to to do the word in the context thing with me. Okay. For the reading, so I'll drop send this to you on the mail. Let's do this. It should be interesting. Got it. what is this pdf all about that i'm just mailing it to you is that it's the uh vocabulary question that comes uh in the reading section mm-hmm. what does so and so word mean um in the in line number so and so okay so what here they've done is Yeah so here you start from question number three when you get it so they've given you a sentence and they've given you the word which is underlined and they've given you four meanings for that and they want you to tell me which meaning is not, is not the literal meaning is the most appropriate for this word in the sentence.
1: Mm-hmm. I just got it right now just give me a quick second. Yep. Yeah. Um, the question number two is cut off. Yeah. Should we number three? Yeah, okay. start number three. Mm-hmm. So for three, would it be A?
0: Give me a second. Sure. I'm just opening my answers. Number three is A, correct.
1: This will person sounds a lot like me. Ah. Okay, I'm four. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing four now, sorry. That's
0: okay.
1: So Okay, so four is just D.
0: Yes. Quick, quick, quick.
1: Oh, sorry, you want me to go through? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, D for five. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, the, um, for six, would it be, MC? Um, C? No. What? Nope. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe it would be, um, choice D initially, but then I just changed it because I thought that discount, it wouldn't be literally, um, meaning like discount. I thought like shabby meant, um...
0: No, shabby. So, so you're trying to say that the shabby dress fell apart the first time Emily tried to put it on. This is not what he's trying to say.
1: So then would it be D, cheap? Yes. Uh, sometimes I overthink it, to be honest with you. Oh, sorry, Um, I'll just do number 7 now, sorry. It's okay. So for 7, it's going to be D, sorry? Yes. Um... Um, what does tenacious mean? Does tenacious mean like very, um, uh, um, does it mean like very, um, uh, strong almost? Like cl- clinging? W- would APM see tenacious?
0: Tenacious is basically to keep something very firmly, uh, to hold onto something. Clinging.
1: Oh. Hmm. But I wouldn't think potent would be the right word because potent usually means um. Hmm.
0: What does potent you know,
1: mean? Uh, potent basically means something that's usually um, uh, very um, formidable. Like if you have like potent venom, it's very uh, I would say dangerous to one's health. So um. So potent be... is
0: like a very powerful influence and effect. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, so then it would be B potent, sorry. No. Oh really? Hmm.
0: Wait. Yeah, sorry. Got it. Got
1: it. Yeah, sorry. Nine? So um a- nine would be A? Yes. Ten? I'm doing it right now, sorry? Okay. So, um, would it be A?
0: No. After she put a whoopee cushion under his seat at dinner, Joey set up a prank to exact his revenge on his older sister. It was time for her to feel
1: embarrassed. So then would it be D, tit for tat? No. Hmm. D
0: is a slang term for revenge.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Sorry, um... Impose his retribution. Yes, that is. I mean, I I understand it, but it just felt like a more um. Never mind. Sorry.
0: So see, let's understand why A is not correct. You said A, right? Yeah. So A means is to inflict harm on behalf of. So it would. It would only be appropriate to say that Joy set out to revenge
1: himself. Oh, but I thought- I thought avenge usually meant to basically exact vengeance. That's what I thought it meant. Oh. No. Hmm. Never mind, sorry about that. Um, 11. Sorry, I'm just doing 11 now, sorry. Yep, okay. Um, so for 11, I'm a little bit stuck, but I'll choose, um, choice D, Grant Amnesty. No. Yeah, sorry, um, tolerate a margin of freedom. Correct. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just that, like, I, I knew that Grant Amnesty was too strong of an answer, because leeway usually means the leniency, and leniency doesn't necessarily mean fully giving them, um, uh, freedom, it just means being a little bit more tolerant on them. That's why you just, uh correct i overthink these things too much it's not because i think they're the right answer it's usually when i pick answers like this it's not because i think it's the best answer it's because i feel like that would be a better option than another answer that that's why
0: mm-hmm. sorry that's okay
1: so would it be b um impatiently
0: no why? How can it be impatient? The audience waited with a bated breath for the climax of the movie. The entire story had held up to the final battle between the villain and the hero. It was a nerve-wracking to see who would
1: come out triumphant. Hmm. Then would it be apprehension?
0: yes correct when, when they're saying bated breath for the climax of the movie means they're waiting for it with apprehension yeah they're not sure what's gonna happen impatiently waiting is that you're not you can't just like, it's you're annoyed
1: happen. with it basically right like yeah. you want something to get
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. like I can mm-hmm. say that you are right now waiting with apprehension for your results mm-hmm. to come maybe the day it's there that day is when you can say I was waiting for it impatiently it was supposed to arrive at two and it hasn't till two thirty.
1: Mm-hmm. So um uh for thirteen would be C flowing water. Thirteen would be? Um C flowing water.
0: Correct Fourteen? I'm
1: reading right now, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be, um, C? Correct. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, um, would it be B? Consent with? No.
0: Miss Vine, Mr. Davis, the art teacher, approved the creativity. He couldn't sanction the students. It's oh, like sorry. The- I,
1: I. Sorry. Um, so then would it be, um... He basically um couldn't um he couldn't basically endorse then. Yes. Yeah, I thought sanction basically meant that okay, I'll sanction you to do this. Like um, sorry about that.
0: Okay. Sixteen. So you need to be very careful
1: okay. sorry. so that
0: you avoid making these careless these mistakes.
1: So, would, um, 60V be camouflaging? The... Nope. Hmm. I know what the word harboring means, just that would it be, um, a? Uh...
0: Since Liz was trying to lose weight, she picked on lean turkey... And...
1: Oh, oh I'm, on, I'm on 16.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, 16. Andrew couldn't help it. He was still harboring bad feelings about his ex-girlfriend long after the breakup. There was simply no excuse for how she had treated him. What does camouflaging mean?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, I know it's not exactly the best choice. Camouflaging usually means the blending, but a harboring usually means basically to um,
0: camouflaging or basically, yeah. Camouflaging would mean here uh, is that does not work because he would have. Uh, it's unlikely that he would have self-control we- to keep these feelings secret.
1: because yeah, if he was camouflaging it, he would technically want to hide it, but. If he's harboring it, that basically means that he, um, uh, that people knowingly, uh, know that he's fostering it. That he's fostering, like, bad feelings about his ex-girlfriend. So, would it be, um, uh, uh, cherishing?
0: No, cherishing means, so, cherishing is opposite of what we're looking for. Cherishing does not mean harboring. And bad no, it, feelings. Oh. You see the word? So, bad feelings means he's doing something with it which is not very happy. Mm-hmm. Cherishing means is I would cherish my and George sat classes after you get into a college. Okay? I will mm-hmm. cherish the good moments. I will recall them. I will smile to myself.
1: Oh, okay. So then it would be um, C? Entertaining? Entertaining, yes. Okay, so, but in this uh, conversation of entertaining, it just basically means basically to, um. Uh...
0: to let those feelings come into him. When we say okay. like, entertain our eyes, it's like we are going in to entertain us, get some fun for our life. So he's mm-hmm. having fun uh, on the bad feelings. He's, he's still having those bad feelings to whenever he's maybe lonely or something.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So for 17, it would be a C, low calorie.
0: Correct. That's because easy, very easy. Yeah.
1: 18. Um so if eighteen would be C evaded. Yes, very good. Okay, so um 19 would be D? No.
0: Even though the homework oh. was difficult, Maria didn't
1: mind both didn't mind. Point. So then one She knew it in the so law part um... to help her to be yeah. prepared for college. So then, um, it would be a was willingly working on her? Yes,
0: yes. I was ah. just going to say, George, apply the sentence to yourself. You get the answer. Hmm.
1: Sorry. Um. So give me some sec, Sorry. Of base metal. So um. So then would it would be C artificial. No. Hmm. I don't really know what the word base in this context means, but I would say... Um,
0: See, the context of the sentence says that uh, the ring was, was not silver, but made of base metal. So you need to think of inferior.
1: Oh, menial then. So...
0: Yes, A. Uh, because if, I, if it had been correct to say the ring is metallic or artificial, but then yeah. nowhere close to being base. And they're not talking about... They're specifying it's not silver but made of base metal. So, base means something menial metal. It can't be artificial, it can't be made of plastic or any other thing.
1: Hmm. Uh, okay, I don't necessarily know the full meaning of this word, but I'm just going to choose D. Yadis. N- correct. I'm doing that because all the other choices won't exactly fit into this. Um, but do you know what really. the
0: meaning of hiatus is? Uh,
1: not exactly. Doesn't mean like to halt in any way, like to take a break.
0: It's uh, It means to pause or break in the con- in continuity in a sequence or an activity.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Like a vowel, uh, a break between vowels coming together, but not in the same syllable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, there was a brief hiatus
1: in the war with France. Okay. Okay, so for 22 it's um, choice B. Correct. So um 23 it's going to be um B. Correct. So um 24 it's going to be C. Yes. So 25 it's basically going to be um A. Yep. So, um, 26 is going to be C. Mm -hmm. So 27, it's basically going to be, um, C. Correct. So 28, it's going to be, um, uh, A. Perfect. 29 was, um, uh, A. Yep. So 30 is basically going to be, um, C. Right. Right. So, for 31, it's basically going to be... Wait a sex, sorry.
0: hmm
1: So, 31, it's basically going to be B.
0: Perfect.
1: So, for 32, it's basically going to be um, uh, B.
0: Yes.
1: So, 33, um, uh, would it be D?
0: Yep.
1: 34. Mm -hmm. So would it be A? Yes. So 35 would be C? Correct. Um, thirty six, it would be D. Yep. So for thirty seven, it would be, um, uh, A. Yes. Thirty eight was basically, um, uh, D. Yep. So thirty nine, it would just basically be, um, B.
0: Yep.
1: So um forty will be B. Yep. Hmm. Um. So would it be um C improvised for forty one?
0: Yes. Why?
1: Because improvised basically usually means to. Um, come up with things on the spot basically. It's, um, like, I would say, it, it can't be planned for exactly, you have to basically make up the situation, and all the other choices weren't exactly, um, relaying to, um, live. Mm-hmm. So, subsist, that does not have any correlation with it whatsoever. Premeditated means that it was preplanned, and energetic does not have anything to do with the fact that it's live. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to 42 now, sorry. So for forty two is basically going to be um c mm hmm so for forty three it's basically going to be
0: um uh b no oh sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. No, no sorry sorry I-, I meant to say um C sorry the newspaper yeah. as in the publishing company sorry
0: correct right.
1: so for forty four it's basically going to be c yes. So, well, would it be A for 45? Yep. So, for 46, would it be A? No. Oh. So, then it would be C, most likely, then, right? No. Oh, really? Hmm.
0: What does the sentence say? The canyon was going too quickly towards the rapids. Yusuf was banking on the shores to slow them down. While they hit the bank hard, it slowed the boat down enough that Yusuf and his friends were able to jump out and pull the canyon off the water. So, according to the text, Yusuf is hoping that the show will slow down the boat's speed. Mm-hmm. So, option A and C are what will happen eventually happen but not what is going to happen at this point of the time as a
1: sentence talk. Oh, oh sorry oh sorry oh i'm sorry i sorry um here in america the word banking off of something usually means something else but i didn't ex- i thought it said banking off i didn't re- really realize it said banking on oh as in it was counting on oh i see sorry so it's b I- i'm sorry about that i read it wrong i thought it said yusuf was banking off the shore to slow him down that's what I meant. Not banking on as in like counting on. Sorry. That was my bad. That's okay. Okay. Over so for 40 um seven it would be um uh hmm. I don't exactly I I don't exactly know what the word quote means in um home furnishing projects, but um I'm just gonna say uh so would it be um uh B? D, D Denmark. No B. B no. Uh, so then the quote would it be um uh, D, estimated price to get quotes on something?
0: So a quote is an estimated figure given for a completion uh, of a project or a service. Y-
1: you see um where I come from at least in my school a quote usually means an excerpt but I understood I I thought a qu- I knew a quote meant estimates but I just thought that um. You it work. was going to basically, I thought like in the context of it, she maybe went to a dealer and basically got like, maybe, um, uh, I, I, sorry about that. Um, so it is D, sorry. That's okay.
0: Um,
1: I'm just reading 48 now. Sorry. Um, okay. so, um, 48 would be, um, uh, D. Correct. So four and nine would be D? Yep. So fifty would be on um, the uh, A?
0: Correct. That was good. Wasn't that a good exercise? Mm hmm. Okay. So, now let's do some graph analysis questions. So, I'm basically picking up each kind or each type of question type which comes in the reading comprehension questions. Mm-hmm. And let's do them, okay? Instead of doing passages, let's do them as a couple of exercises, okay? Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So that
0: we can get our base very, very strong. Next time, when we, are, we get any kind of question related to that particular strategy, we will be able to solve it. What we'll are graph analysis questions? Mm-hmm. A question where you have to uh, um, answer by assessing your ability to analyze quantitative information as portrayed in graphs, tables, or charts, how would you really do it?
1: Okay, sure. Um are are you just sending it to me now or um I'm asking you. Oh
0: I'll give you five strategies to do them.
1: Okay, so um, basically when tackling a graph, what you exactly want to do is try your best to refer to the passage so you can at least get some sort of correlation to what the graph represents.
0: Perfect. Then so when... The yeah, sorry. Provided. So using the first strategy, that's using of the evidence provided, right?
1: Exactly. And then what I would do is I would... Um, reading the basic... um. um uh, text that accompanies the graph you, very rarely actually helps you to process the information most of the time it just merely presents what the graph is and not exactly what the graph like what the graph is in general but not what it represents so um that, that's not a strategy um then what I would do is I, I would I would um uh, find um, like read the question to see exactly what it's a- asking for because it could either be asking information that can be directly related from the graph or information that can be inferenced from the graph
0: Correct.
1: Okay. Uh. And yes, please go ahead. Y- yeah, but I'm just, I'm like telling my strategy. Sorry, I'm, uh, And then basically, um, what I would do then is I would see the answers which are available. You don't exactly want to um. W- when you're like looking at a graph question, you don't exactly want to base um your answers off of the information which you interpreted. You want to basically base um your um uh the the information which you interpret it off of the answers because you exactly want to see where they correlate to because this time unlike other questions where you would want to base the answers off of the information where they can be found in you want to do the opposite because then you exactly want to see where they're situated in like for example if they give you like um a range question it may be hard for you to spot the range uh in general throughout the graph but um with the provided answer choices it can give you a better option to um uh Basically, I'm um, focused on where to exactly look for and see if the information presented is right and if that's the right answer. Okay. But, um. Uh, is there anything you want to say about that? Sorry.
0: No. So what you said is basically covers uh, nearly four points of my out of five of my strategies. So the first would be use only the evidence provided, which you spoke about. Okay. Second is uh, you said. Refer back to the text if and when necessary. Mm -hmm. Then you said the third is uh, do not jump directly to one answer is basically read the question to understand what is it exactly answering so that we can look at question by question. So be certain that our answer is 100% correct. Okay. Mm Okay. And so you, you said all these four points very correctly. I will just add another strategy here. Be very uh, careful to read the graph labels.
1: Ah, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Because uh, if it is a graph, there are very high cho- So it has two axes, the y-axis and the x-axis, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you don't read them correctly, there is a very high chance that you might... Misinterpret the the information. Yes, misinterpret the uh, information and pick up the wrong. Or, you know, you have the answer in front of you still you are hovering over the graph and the text not finding the answer because you've not read the accesses clearly. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a pie chart or a table or anything, you should read all the information. Read like I would say study the diagram for about a minute before you jump to looking at the answer choices. Okay. Should we do a couple of graph questions?
1: Uh sure. Mm.
0: I am mailing them to you. Meal is off to you
1: mm-hmm. Got it. So from number one, it's going to be choice A.
0: Give me a second. Let me open my answers. Thank you. okay
1: number 1 a no nope. hmm what no nope. that is uh are you sure um what, but it says people are four times as likely to be involved in a fall than be assaulted and fall those represents 40% and assault is 10% oh give me a sec sorry um Sorry, let me just reread the question.
0: Yes, The right. answers.
1: So then, would it be choice C? No. What? Yeah. Hmm.
0: What? Yeah, not even C. Choices A, B, and C are all make assumptions. While fa- fall accounts for four times the amount of brain injuries than assault. That does not necessarily mean that they happen four times as often.
1: Yeah. So then we choice D? Yes.
0: Because option D is the only definite choice based on the graph. Together, the two categories make up 31% or or about one third of the traumatic brain injuries.
1: Mhm. Sorry.
0: That's okay. This is where we need to work. Like you know, this kind of an mm-hmm. exercise is going to help us strengthen each question base.
1: No, the thing is, I've kind of been like. When it comes to the SAT, I'm kind of accustomed to choosing choices like choice D, where you wouldn't exactly go for a specific answer, more for a general answer. But the thing is, recently, I've kind of been back in the swing of things in school, and in school, answers are more specific, if you know what I mean. So I'm kind of, uh... That's
0: okay.
1: Okay, sorry about that. So um, for number two, it's going to be choice B. Correct. And for number three, it's also going to be choice B. No. What? Hmm. Oh, wow, I am blind. Apparently, it's um C. No, not C, sorry, I'm uh what no, is A. 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 You know what? The thing the thing was, I saw that the umpire graph was higher than that was higher than the bookkeeper, but then I looked close to an extent, and then I thought it said 96.3, and I thought, oh, it must have been just like a small little um, error in the graph, but then I realized that, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't say 96.3, it says 98.3. Ah, it's okay. The thing is, no, it did look a little bit odd to me, because the one for the umpire did look a little bit taller to an extent, but then, from my angle, at least, I didn't look that closely. it looked like a 96.3, and I saw... For the bookkeeper said ninety seven point six and I thought, oh, they must have been you know relatively uh similar so then but then when I look closer now, it says, oh wait a minute that's not ninety six point three that's ninety eight point
0: three okay.
1: So, would it be twice C? Yes. Before? Um, Fill in the blank. The job of a.
0: Use mats. Use mats.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just taking a look right now. Sorry. So then it would be choice D for five? No. What? Yep. Hmm. Oh, wait. I read the. uh, Just scrolling back up takes so much time away from this. Sorry. um, uh, You need one second. I'm sorry. Just like scrolling back up is a hassle. Uh, A, A is umpire and athlete. Okay. So where's umpire? Oh, so then it'll be on um, uh B. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I, I. it just it's a hassle scrolling back up and down, up and down for this. Sorry.
0: That's
1: okay. Um uh line of best fit, other data in the US it show that the consumption beef over time has uh gone down, so decreased. For um yeah.
0: Okay, oh, I answered
1: the answer. I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, you were saying something.
0: Ah, uh, no, no. Go ahead.
1: Okay, sorry. Um, uh, Americans consumed the fewest pounds of beef in the year of two thousand and fourteen, which I highly doubt in general. But okay, so it's gonna be choice B. Um. Based on the information in the graph, what can be said about US consumption of beef between two thousand six and two thousand seven? That it was at all time high. So consumption of beef was nearly unchanged. So um, it would be twice C. Yep. Uh, blank um it's like three times. So that would approximately be, um K two and Kilimanjaro. no K two and Malaku. No. Nope. Um. So it would be D, none of the above. Correct. That's a odd way to phrase. It. Um. That's which of point the following statements is point best? Yeah, which statement is best supported by evidence in the graph? Um, you don't know exactly where they are. Thirty percent of the mountains also contain a number. Um, actually, it's that is true. Um, Nanga Parbat is less. No, no one says that Mount Everest is the world's tallest mountain. Okay, so um, is best supported by the graph? Then it would be D.
0: Number
1: ten is D. Yeah, but in actuality, ten um the answer is wrong for that one. But never mind. Um, the cost difference between four-year public and four-year private in- institutions was smallest during which year? Um, nineteen eighty-two to nineteen eighty-three. So it would be um choice uh, B. Which statement is true based on the evidence provided in the graph? Oh God, scrolling back up and down is gonna be a pain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So would 12 be choice C? Yes. Mhm. <clears throat> So then we do choice B.
0: Yes, correct.
1: Afghanistan and Ethiopia. So we choice A. So in Afghanistan, the female literacy rate is more than the nope. That is false. Roughly half. Uh, let me see. Nope. Wait. Uh, nope. Actually, that is um. Again, a sec. Sorry, <laughs> scrolling back up this is a pain. Um, approximately two th- the same. So A and D can be um eliminated. What is it like? Twenty four. That one is roughly half. Approximately two thirds. So it would be choice C. No, wait. Um, ah, scrolling back up here's the pain. Um. So no, so then it'll be approximately a half. So then would it be just um uh, choice B for fifteen?
0: Yes, choice B.
1: Uh, according to the graph, which is the following true? In Greece, most women can read. More room we can read them in. That's uh, let me see. Nope. Um, is more. Nope. Iran has a great source of read. Um, where is Iran? Nope. Then seventy percent of the countries presented have a literacy greater than the overall literacy rates. Uh, that is true. So then it'll be um choice uh, D. Yep. Yeah. Um the favorite pie of approximately twenty five percent people is um uh what is that? Pumpkin? Yes, yeah, so choice B. More people prefer, um oh my god, I don't really want to colors now, um So then would it be, um, uh, choice C? Yes. So for, um, uh, that it will be, um, around, uh, A for nineteen. No. Mm, wait, um, am I looking at the right thing? Or would this just be um uh, D twelve thousand? Yes. Ah uh, yeah, so it's a pylon graph. Okay, I thought that um, it was uh referencing something else as like. <sighs> Never mind. Sorry. So then um, in January 20... in January what percent of total revenue was made up of produce? In sorry, in January uh about I would oh that's thousand sorry about thirty percent so that's a choice B. What month had the lowest revenue? The month with the lowest revenue was going to be March. So that'd be choice A. Um, between which weeks was the greatest total hour decrease in hours spent watching TV? So um, 7 and 8. So it'd be choice C.
0: Number 20 will be?
1: Choice C? 7 8? No. Oh, wait. Am I reading it wrong? Um, 7 to 2. Eleven to. Oh wait, never mind. Sorry, I read the graph wrong. Um, then then it would be choices choice A. No. Hmm. That would be from four to Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm uh lost. Um, I got. I got choice C as in like week seven through eight, seven and eight. How you was that? Option um, B. Four to seven. Which weeks was the greatest total total hour decrease in hours watching TV?
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: How how could it be total hour decrease? Hmm. I I'm confused. Um.
0: That's two numbers 20 together. In January,
1: what percent of total revenue? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm on question 22.
0: Hang on. 22, what did you say?
1: 22, I said um, choice C. Correct. Oh, for 20, yeah, 20 is choice B, 30%, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, never mind. Um, how many total hours were spent watching TV between weeks 1 and 8? Um, oh, great. Uh, 3, 8. Uh, 15, that's uh, 17, that is 23, that is 31, that is 42, and that is 45. So A, 45. Correct. Based on the evidence in the graph, which of the following is true? The fewest number still watching TV was in week 4. That is true. But screen time is at nope. Week 4 has no. Uh, a new TV can no, so it's just choice A correct between which months is the percentage of sediment covering the ground the greatest uh, that's going to be um uh february one is going to be february and um yeah so it's going to be january and february so it'll be choice a
0: number 25
1: mhm no uh, oh wait! I am reading the graph wrong. I thought I thought this was some, something else. Sorry, I'm not really accustomed to these graphs. Then it'll be July and August, right? Yes, that's gonna
0: be. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. W- when I like see these graphs, I, um, in like um, instinctively think that it's like a gra- that when they show this information, that there's um that they're behind it. So you see how I'm uh for the snow for the snow plot um in black. It it starts from 0 to 6, so when I see uh, the one for Sediment, I think it starts from 0 to 24, not from, uh, 12 or 13 to 24. That's what I usually interpret it as. But, then, but now I understand, because I'm not used to graphs like this. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, according to the graph, what can be said about Sediment as a ground covering? It remains roughly the same depth throughout the year. Um, let me just see, um... No, not exactly. Um is it thickest in February? Um nope. Uh is it thinnest in August? No, it is it increases in depth from August to December. Um nope. Let me just read this again. Sorry. Um so would it be um Sorry, signal single quick second. Um, yeah, this one um it's just hard reading it. Um uh so it remains roughly the same depth throughout the year. Um I'll come back to that. It's the thickest in February. Um February, it has a difference of about uh, 10 like 11.5 so um, it's the thinnest in August nope um, it increases in death from August to December I don't think so because it looks like it's uh, increasing but it's also um like increasing the x on y-axis but it's not um Ah, never mind, sorry. I, I'm kind of confused on this one for 26.
0: Look at it. See, it's not... It, is it thickest in the February?
1: No. Okay. No. And is it's it, not in the August.
0: So that's out. Does it increase from depth from August to December?
1: Uh, no. No, so then it would be choice A. A.
0: Yeah,
1: that's also what I was going for, which is that I, I also just wanted to make sure, but just counting, which is, uh, you know... Um,
0: see, when you come across such questions where you do not, like, you're not being able to read the graph very carefully, try to eliminate the three other choices. Okay. That so, has-
1: for... Uh, oh sorry. Um. So, for um 27, would it be choice B, too? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: Which of the following statements do not support by information in the graph?
0: Please read the question carefully. Okay.
1: Uh would it be um a yes <laughs>
0: look at this question the word not is there which yeah people just miss out
1: so a quarter so one quarter of miss smith's class has blue eyes um that's uh true twice as many students have green eyes as have hazel eyes um that is true most students have brown eyes that's true but the thing is, it doesn't necessarily mean it has a large class. Sure, 60% seems like a lot, but 60% of uh, 10 is nothing in comparison to 60% of 100. So, you don't exactly know exactly no. It doesn't give you anything. Like, sure, I mean, there's a specific proportion of it, but they don't give you like a specific quantity of how much, so choice A would be eliminated. Um... Using the graph, what is true about the relationship between the number of students with green eyes and the number of students with brown eyes? So green eyes is that and that. Okay. The number of students with green eyes equals one-sixth of... Uh, that seems true. Green eyes are recessive. Nope. Um, hazel eyes are a variant of... No. For every 10 students with green eyes, there are six... Nope. So it's choice A. Yeah.
0: So you just use the elimination process.
1: Yeah. Which country has the highest percent of I people mean- aging...
0: Had it been the, um, George, who didn't know how to use the elimination process, we would have not come across, we would have not solved this question so soon. We would still be harping about saying A is eliminated logically, B, C, D doesn't match. What would be the answer? What am I missing?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which country has the highest percent of people ages 0 to 14? Uh, that I think would be Zimbabwe. So, D. Yep. Um, that was easy. Yeah. In Armenia, people ages 15 to 24. 15 to 24 is the second one. Armenia, which is that one, okay. Accounts are approximately what percentage, so that's from around uh eighteen to thirty-three, so like fifteen percent. So that's choice B.
0: Okay.
1: Which of the following is true based on the information in the graph? Norway has the greatest people at sixty five and older. Uh Norway. That is uh True, and I kind of expected that to be honest with you, uh, Norway has better health care for older adults, not true at all, or not even provided at all, most Norwegians choose not to have children, where does it say that, and Norway will soon feel economic effects of its low birth rate, so it would just be your choice A. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. And that's the end of it. So how do you like this exercise?
1: I liked it. It coming back in the swing of things because I took a bit of a long break and it kind of reflected on me getting a few questions wrong here and there. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but more
1: or less I liked it.
0: Yeah, it's helping you um, get your base trend before we can jump into doing questions. Mm-hmm. So we looked at what? We looked at graph questions. We looked at
1: Vocab in context questions?
0: What else is there in the reading that we should look at? Let's look at something. Is it anything that we're missing? Hmm. Now, if I ask you, give me strategies of how would you uh, solve a reading passage?
1: Okay, so to solid a reading passage, what I would do is I would read the passage full, fully through, but be sure to digest in, like, necessary information, but not get invested into the passage itself, because that will distract you. Um, then what I would do is I would see the questions, and then for questions which are deemed, like, manageable, what I would do is I would read the specific prompt and and see what it's looking for, find the evidence, and make sure that the evidence can support the one of the answer choices, and then I'll choose that. However, if it's a more harder question, like, for example, an inference question, what I would do is um, I would see all the other choices, and I would use process of elimination. And if it was a command of evidence, and find the choices, um, places in the passage which, um, uh, I mean, and I would use, like, if it was a command of evidence question, it would also have an accompanying question, which would tell you where the evidence of the previous one would be located. And I would use that to help me to um, finalize my answer for the previous question. And um, I would use process of elimination, because for most command of evidence questions, you have to use process of elimination no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, For inferencing questions, what I would do is I would try just reading, like, the main points of the passage, which usually come either at the beginning or near the end of the passage. And, (laughs) yeah. And then I would also just make sure I can find it inside the text to make sure, like, to make sure that it can be supported. Not just me, like, inferencing, like, not just me, like, uh, making my own inferences about what the passage represents, but just finding what the passage says it represents. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Then, uh, for graphical questions, what I would do is I would refer to places in the text where evidence that can support the graph or basically explains the graph is presented, then I would find um, uh, what exactly it is I'm looking for in the graph. Like, for example, either a range, a specific set point, or even maybe... Um, an analysis of different parts of the graph and I would use it basically use the text basically to make sure that it can be that the uh, um, evidence in the graph can explain the text therefore that specific um, uh, choice can be the right answer I'm sorry if I give like a little bit of like a vague description it's just that I'm trying to come up with this thing you know on the spot like improvisation that's okay Like I I'm I'm trying to express it in my own words. Sorry if I can exactly like the most oh, coherent of them. Fine.
0: You're saying fine words.
1: Anything else? Um for specific other types of questions, mainly um uh for vocab in context, I would say what I would do is I would exact I would read both the preceding sentence mainly. You can also read the succeeding sentence, although that will not really have that much help to an extent, although it can. But what I would do is I would read the preceding sentence and the preceding information that follows the exact uh, vocab word, and then I would use that to basically um, uh, correlate to what specific answer choice they're looking for, or
0: mm-hmm. what
1: specific um, uh, choice they're looking for, or if you can't exactly do that, what, another strategy which you could do to tackle your question similar to that is you can basically take the answer choices, from the question from the question presented to you and substitute them in for the um vocab which is already placed inside of it and see if when inserting the answer choice it can accomplish the same goal as um the um original. Okay. Um uh command evidence vocab graphical um uh basic what wh- what others are there? Um yeah i'm kind of um, I, i'm i i do not come up with any more unless i maybe have some uh insights what other types of question can be questions can be presented
0: okay so more or less you told me everything that is covered so do you want me to just summarize the whole thing for you yeah okay so when are looking at uh doing the reading strategies is a guess we're very familiar with the format and the question patterns be very uh, strategic in time planning, in dividing your time. You have 65 minutes for 52 questions, and we forget that we even have to read. So we need to, we should allocate a specific time for each passage, therefore leaving us enough time to do each passage and not panic. So we know that exam five passages are going to be there. One is going to be a fiction passage, another is going to be a social science, another is science, another is social studies, like some kind of a document. And,
1: and usually, well, there's another um like archaic passage, one that usually takes place um I would say at least a good century ago to maybe get you acquainted with like the different uh, types of styles of um uh, um like t- styles of reading. I mean styles of um writing, which can um uh, I'm sorry, sorry about that. That's okay.
0: So as I said, five passages, you should divide five, allocate five minutes to read each passage, okay? Mm-hmm. And yep. you should allocate eight minutes to solve questions, be it 10 or 11 questions does not matter. Eight minutes are more than enough for it. Okay.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Because any two passages will have 11 questions. Others will all have 10 questions per. Yep. So you should read uh, focus on the passage that are easier. Than the passages, which is very difficult, because the ones that are easier, it's chances that you might finish it.
1: So you might time. finish it, yeah, exactly. So You're I finish it with greater certainty than you would um passages which are more vague to you, right?
0: Yep. So let's say if I said five plus eight, that is equivalent to um thirteen minutes, right?
1: Yeah. Uh huh
0: possible that you can finish it in eleven minutes or twelve minutes. So you can save out on one one minute and each second is very precious in a static sense.
1: Yeah. I had to learn that out the hard way because did I tell you about on um, my experience with the reading section?
0: No.
1: So it wasn't that bad. So what happened was um I like went through the entire like section itself. I left five questions blank because I because I just wanted to come back to it. But they weren't all in the same passage. They were like all scattered throughout there were just five questions I didn't answer. So I answered 47, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I went back into the passage and then I answered the first question which I didn't answer, which meant I had um, four other questions left. And then the proctor said five minutes left. Oh my gosh. But you know what happened? I'm telling you, although you might think that it was probably my time management skills, and to an extent, I was kind of um, making sure I was getting the right answers down because it was my first test. And, you know, I was a little bit not nervous, but just wanted to be more certain about my answers I put down, right? That's but fair. the thing is, you know how like proctors, they give you like a certain time frame saying you have uh, 40 minutes left, 30 minutes left. You know fair. what they did? Fair. They first told us when the test started, obviously. Then they told us 30 minutes left. Mm -hmm. and then they told us five minutes left
0: oh my god they should have given you 15 minutes left or something yeah
1: they they should like they should like structured it like you know more i would say system systemically so then it would have been like more manageable i would say
0: do you guys are you not allowed to wear a wristwatch inside the exam hall
1: Oh, um, another experience too. So my parents insisted that I wear a wristwatch just in case. It was electronic, but it it, it it's nothing like on um, these Apple watches. It, it's merely just a watch that's digital. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, um, when the test started, they said like no electronic devices, and the watch was already on my arm at the time. But luckily, I was, and I couldn't take it off anymore, so I would have been in big trouble. So what I did was um. I wore a jacket, and so I was covering my left hand which had the watch on it
0: to oh. make sure that
1: the proctors couldn't see the watch. Even though I wasn't cheating, I swear, I wasn't cheating. I know just, that. There's nothing yeah. like you can cheat on the paper. Exactly. And the thing was, it was very hard, because you know why? You know when you want to, like, you know, r- like lean your head forward and, like, um move your arm a little bit just so that you can, like, get a better glimpse of, like, the passage that you're reading? Mm-hmm. If I moved that, it would have made, like, a big... um. It would have made, like, a big noise when I hit the watch against the table, and that would have kind of blown away my cover, so I had to stay in one position throughout the entire test. And was that? It didn't impede me. It didn't impede me anyway. It just, like, came up as, not a noise, but just, like, as a little uh, reminder that I had the watch still present on my arm, you know, I forgot about it. Mm. But I don't think that, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, but I, but I don't think that distracted me in any way from taking the test itself. I, it was just like a, like co-ordinary concern for me, not even tertiary. Mm-hmm. Basically, it, it didn't even matter at this point.
0: I, I know. See, uh, I'll tell you what: these uh, smaller errors that you, or I would say, smaller distractors, which you feel no, they don't, they have not made any major difference in your exam. But uh, these are the thoughts that are hopping up on your mind right now, making you feel that could them could these have been if they had things not which there, could have
1: bogged me down, right? Yeah, those
0: are thoughts that are running in your head.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyways, so the th- that's the second point of time management. Third is when you are reading the question, or oh, sorry, the passage. You can utilize the uh, question paper to mark down certain lines or words or mark a paragraph if you want to. Mm -hmm. So that you know that, okay, if that is something which was very peculiar or maybe it was talking about some information which you could need in an answer. Therefore, maybe help you solve a particular question in less than 30 seconds. Got it. Very important is focus on the overall meaning of the passage as you read. Mm -hmm. Because there is a question about uh, what you understand or what is the gist or, you know, these kind of questions which come. And if it's a double passage question, please give a very uh, close attention to the overall relation between the two passages.
1: Yep. Very important exactly,
0: and uh, you can you are we are you are 100% allowed to make notes all over the booklet. So, yeah annotate, yes, please do that mm-hmm. because you take yeah, I, minutes to read I, the passage. I, I, yeah, go ahead, say something.
1: No, 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 I, I was gonna say that I did, um use um, annotations a lot during the test, even if it was redundant to an extent, I just made sure that when I referred back to the questions, and let's just say uh, it was like one of the first questions on the exam, right? And I finished it, but then I came back. If I forgot the main message of the passage after I read it, since it was at the beginning, having those notes down there made me more confident that the answer which I chose before was chosen for a good reason. Correct.
0: I had told you this earlier also. I don't know if it was at any use to you in this exam. Is come back to questions if they seem overly difficult or you're unsure about these. Put a small star mark and come back to them if you have time left. But I suppose it, in your case, this time you had no time left.
1: No, exactly. The ones which I left blank were the ones which are too difficult to answer. Or at least ones that were too lengthy to answer within a short period of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you should try and cover the answers
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you have solved. Uh, why is it? It's because it's human psychology. that if you keep seeing the answers that we have solved already, what happens is we keep thinking. Or I would say we keep anticipating that I answer that correct or not, making you go slower on your current paper.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yep. So you can avoid doing that.
1: Mm -hmm. Because um, one of the the last question which I answered. I'm not even sure if I... I I couldn't even necessarily read that question because it was so lengthy and it tied into a graph question, but it was an inferencing graph question. I couldn't read it, so what instead I did was I used process of elimination to to get rid of all the other answers.
0: That's a very good idea. That's a very, very good strategy that you applied. And I hope those answers are correct, which will only boost your confidence in terms of you noting that those practical approaches which you took them on the exam time have really helped you. Yep. I just, I seriously, I hope and pray that all your, um, exam. Practice, yeah. Your entire practical approach to the exam has been to your good favor.
1: Hopefully. And one more thing too, the reading was the only section really where I just had a little bit of like a time, like the time mainly be a uh, major, um, uh, back of my progress. Like, other, like, I'm not saying, like, it was that bad. I mean, just, like, a little, like, thing which I kept in mind, right? Because for every other section beside that, t- my time management was good. And I'm not saying my time management was bad, necessarily, for the uh, for them, for for the first section, the reading section, but it's just that, like, you know, with the time constraint, maybe if I had, like, maybe an extra two to three minutes, I could've just been, like, I could've, like, you know, had more time to revise my answers. Not saying they were wrong, it's just that, you know, making sure I had more confidence in the answers should I put down over time. like As the same confidence as the normal ones that I put down, as you would say, right?
0: Yeah, what you're saying is correct. So, what this means is that uh, you have to be extra careful. You have to be prepared in the exam for the worst to happen. For the next exam, we have to make sure you need to work in more time-constrained situations. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by them is that uh, next time that you are doing an exam or we do a practice together, what we have to do is make sure that uh, you... Let's say you can finish a passage in... Or let's say the time given to finish a passage is eight minutes. I will ask you to finish it in less than...
1: Six minutes? Six minutes, yeah.
0: So that it prepares you. Mm -hmm. In all aspects, it's preparing you that in case, again, something similar goes off in the exam, you know how to tackle it. You don't go Mm -hmm. face. So the essential thing is the last few answers that you answered as a guesswork in case, if they are wrong. That's okay. Why? Because the minute the practice said five more minutes... You are after all a human. You reacted Mm -hmm. to that in a very stressed manner. Yep. And therefore, there's a chance that could lead you to not scoring better.
1: But hopefully, I feel like I um, uh, did well. Let's just see the test results. And even if I didn't do well, there's always the next time where we can better understand the conditions since I experienced it firsthand and be able to uh, um, counteract those in the future.
0: That's right. That's hundred percent right. So you should not um, worry about them. You should not let those thoughts hit you. You should not. Uh, when you see the result, I would not say that. Do not react to it or be just a very cool person. No. See the the take result,
1: it with take it with like some hint uh, Take it like with some. Uh, um... Like, take it with, like, some curiosity, but then also don't focus on it, like, don't stress about it too much, That's right?
0: Exactly. I use my same sentence again. This is not the end of your life. Not the end of the world. Okay? It was a test, which we were prepared that you would take it once, and there's a chance that you would have to take it again. Or we were to prepared to take it again, okay? To do better. The reason that we were going to be taking multiple tests is because we wanted the best of the scores to reach the universities when we apply. Mm-hmm. So now in this case, it's okay. Possible that your maths would be better, maybe your English would not be. Hopefully. Or possible that the English is better and the maths is. But in every case, we are taking the exam again.
1: Twice, yeah.
0: So what's the harm? What's the value?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thank you. So to not body on that at all. Okay, got it. Thank you, Priyamada. Have a good um weekend. You too. Bye bye. Bye.